the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ask 100 people what the word anointed means, and I would bet you'd get close to, well, 100 different answers. You see, anointed is a very important word for the Christian, as we'll see today here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward, online at grace-bible.com. Today, Pastor Jesse will continue our message called His Shining Face, taken from our series Arise, Move, and Go. Here's Pastor Jesse. Remember, I told you the Lord descended in a cloud, did he not? And I told you every time there is a geographical movement on God's part, that is another anthropomorphic insight to the second person coming down from glory. Jesus is the only one coming down, is he not? Jesus is the one that came down for us. And the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there. Stood with who? Moses. It's very important for you to get this picture. It's a narrative paradigm. So Moses has a friend in Jesus, does he not? Jesus is standing right next to Moses. What a friend. What a friend. Jesus comes down and stands right to Moses. With Moses. Now Moses is trying to secure this relationship thing. And what God said is, I'm going to hide you in the cleft, and then I'm going to let my glory pass by you, and I'm going to let you know who I am. Jesus now is going to preach to Moses the character of God, is he not? Moses has a front row seat on the preaching of the gospel by the person of the Lord Jesus, and the impeccable qualities of God are going to be made known to Moses. Here it is. You saw it. He descended. He stood and he preached. That's what that word in the Greek, in the Hebrew means to proclaim. Jesus is the real preacher in the house, is he not? He comes down, he stands and proclaims. Church is dead, church is aimless if Jesus is not the ultimate preacher. Listen to it again. Look at the next verse, verse six. Here it is. And the Lord did what? So now didn't God say that's what he was going to do? When he says, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock and I'm going to pass by you. So we've got these tensions here because on the one hand, Jesus is standing with Moses. On the other hand, he's doing what? Passing by. And as he passes by, he proclaims. There it is. The Lord, that's Yahweh, the Lord God, that's Yahweh Elohim, merciful, has said, and gracious, merciful, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and truth. You know what Jesus did with Moses? He explained a prominent characteristic of God that Moses can depend upon. He said to Moses, Moses, you can always know this about the Father. The Father is Lord God. 
The father is merciful. The father is gracious. The father is long suffering. He's abundant. I'm going to get into that word in a little bit in goodness and truth. Do y'all believe that? That's the God I know. That's the God I know. Now, when Jesus is your pastor, you can take him at his word. You might not be able to believe me, but if Jesus is your pastor, you can make good on what Jesus is saying. And Moses needs that. Now, if you take those first set of attributes, now you understand Romans chapter 8, 28 very well now. All things work together for good. If God is good and he allows things to happen, they are for your good because God is good. Am I making some sense? So now what Moses is going to be able to do, Moses is going to be able to frame the events that occur in his life in a way where he doesn't have to blame God, get mad at God, get upset with God. So if you have an axiom that it doesn't matter what the crazy is going on in your world, somehow God is up to good. You're going to be all right with God. Somehow God is up to good. Somehow God is up to good. So it's so important for you to get this. Now watch. So he gave us the first set of attributes and these attributes are consisting of God's mercy. But he is going to tell us God will tear your tail up. Now let me introduce you to the true and the living God. This is the God that most people don't preach. Here it is. Verse seven. Now he keeps mercy for thousands. Do you see that? It didn't say billions. So this is what we call a critical analysis of the, of the text by the ellipses. It's the things that are not there that you have to also regard. Now, God knows because he knew this planet was going to be filled with 8 billion people. So make this very plain. Not everybody's going to heaven. And God already knew it from the beginning. Now that God saves thousands and those thousands upon thousands upon thousands become millions. That's a beautiful thing. But God always has had a little flock. He has never saved everybody in the world and will not because they don't want to be saved. So that God would save one person is a mercy of God. Lord, let that be me. Let me be the one you save. But you're not going to you're not going to misrepresent God as his PR man telling everybody that God's going to save everybody. That makes you God's enemy. And I tell you. You don't want to be an enemy of God. Here we go. Notice keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions. Doesn't he forgive and sins? But he will by no means clear the what? See it? See it? Isn't that the tension? This is why when Moses tried to run in and say, Lord, kill me and not the people. God says, you better get out the way. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I'll punish whom I will punish. Did y'all get that? These are the two sides of God's character that the world does not tolerate. He's a God of justice and a God of mercy. And when God is being just and giving us over to our wickedness because of our rebellion and us suffering the consequences of our iniquities, we want to act like God's not behind that. In many cases, we want to be agnostic, if not atheistic. No one wants to say If there be evil in the city, hath not the Lord done this? If a lion roars, if the trumpet be blown, hasn't it warned you that a judgment is coming? 
And if the judgment comes, it's not God in control of it. I wouldn't want a God that couldn't control humanity. I would consider this hell. I wouldn't want a God who would just let us do whatever we want to do. I would consider that utter foolishness. Am I making some sense? Don't misrepresent God's love or his justice. God's always good in either one that he does. This is what Moses is learning because this, this sermon is for Moses. It's not for the children of Israel. Hear me now, they weren't there. That was a private presentation and proclamation to Moses alone because leadership has to know when God brings the rod, you can't stop it. And that's what we learned with Paul, did we not? Shall I come in mercy or shall I come with the rod? And this is what we see in the apocalypse with Jesus. He comes with a rod of iron, smashing the nations because of their rebellion against him. That's the God we serve. You you ought to be happy about that. You ought to be happy about a God who shows extensive mercy, but he will tie your tail up. Doesn't that sound like a father? That's that old school daddy. That's that old school daddy. See, we don't have those kind of daddies no more. See, when you got a daddy like that that loves you, you know he will get you if you get out of line. But woe unto your enemies. Your daddy will get in their tail. That's the God I serve. That's the God of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. That's the God I serve. That's the God Moses served. God now can be comfortable with, with uh, Moses now can be comfortable with God's leadership. Are you with me? Yeah. See, once you know your daddy and you know he has love, but he also has justice. You just want to stay on, stay on the right side of that mercy. And when he goes to do justice, just say, whatever my God does, whatever daddy does is good. Point number, point number one, let's finish with our second sub point because this is really important under point number one. Jesus is the revelation of the invisible God. You will never see the father apart from Christ. Secondly, Moses asking God to advocate for his glory. We're seeing it in the proclamation here in the text, but it's confirmed in a law covenant in Moses. This is what I want you to see now. The narrative is important. This beautiful portion of scripture you're looking at in chapter 34, verse five through seven was predicated upon Moses's obedience. Here's what God told Moses. He says, Moses, now I want you to come up to me. I'm going to show you my glory, but you got to do something first. Chapter 34, verse 1. This is important theologically because Paul is going to explain to us what this is about. We're going to 2 Corinthians 3 in a moment. Remember, the New Testament is, explains and fulfills it. It gives clarity on what those Old Testament principles were designed. Chapter 34, verse 1. Capture this now. And the Lord said unto Moses, do what? Hew thee two tables of stone like the first. What was he saying? Moses, when you come to me, I need some new tablets. I need some new tablets because I'm going to write my laws on those tablets a second time. In other words, I love this. The first time he went up, God wrote on those tablets, the Ten Commandments or Ten Words, as I told you. And then he told Moses, boy, you better get down. I'm about to kill all those people. You better get down there and let them know they're in danger. And you saw how Moses, representing God, broke the tables crushed them up, put them in the water and made the children of Israel to drink them because they had already violated the tables. They had violated the law. And what Moses is teaching us is what James teaches us. If you break one commandment, you've broken them all. 
And so Israel is in a predicament. Y'all with me? Watch this. What if Moses, what if God didn't give the children of Israel a second chance? But he does. He says, Moses, now when you come back up to me, when you come back up, bring a a, a couple of clean slates because we're going to do this again. Y'all got that? Getting ready to teach you something. Need you to get it. Need you to get it. So the text is laying it out in verse one. He says, and I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first table. I love this. Which you broke, Moses. Now, I love this because God has a relationship with Moses and, and, and God's checking Moses and Moses is checking God. And it goes back and forth. Lord, these are your people. God said, no, they're your people. Those are your people. And both are true. Both are true. This is what the mediator has to know. He has to know he represents God for the people, but he also represents the people for God. Both are true. Can y'all hold to that? Then I want you to see it further because it's important. Look at verse four and five. The text tells us this is the emphasis. This is right before Jesus comes down. So he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first. And Moses rose up early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded. Now listen to the narrative emphasis. It's important. You got to pay attention to God's word. Listen to what it says. And he took in his hand the what? Does not the Holy Ghost want you and I to know that Moses is coming with the tables to God? Because Moses represents the law. John 1, 17. Moses gave you the law. Grace and truth come through Jesus. So Moses is tied to the tables because the tables are going to be the covenant that Israel has to abide under. Am I making sense? This is really amazing because here Moses is tied to those covenants. But guess who Moses gets to enjoy? Jesus. The one who comes down. The one we know has to obey those stones, has to obey those rules if you and I are going to enjoy the blessing. That's a lesson for you and I. We're getting ready to learn that here in a moment. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. And the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there. Now, who did he stand with? We already learned it. What does Moses have while he's standing there? I'm getting ready to teach you that you and I must understand the law and the prophets over against Jesus as God's total revelation. Total revelation to humanity. Because we live in a generation where folk like to say, well, I want Jesus, but I don't want Moses. You got to have all of it. You don't get to have Jesus without Moses. I'm getting ready to teach you that in our churches today because they have abandoned the true meaning and significance of grace. They have also abandoned the necessity of the law. And yet Jesus is standing with Moses. They are not fighting. They are friendly adversaries. Watch this now. So you got to get it because there's a, there's a, what's going on now is Moses is already having the glory of God shining on him. Y'all got that? It's already happening. We haven't seen it flushed out because he hasn't come down off the mount. But is not Moses in the midst of the glory? Are not the two tables of stone then also being permeated by the presence of God's glory? 
This is what Paul is about to teach us on that end. So it's important for you and I to see that when he asked for his presence to show up, it was affirmed in Christ and it was confirmed as a law covenant in Moses. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 27 through 30. We're almost done with point number one. Listen to what God said through Moses to the children of Israel before they walked into the wilderness. Here's what he says. Now you go near... This is what the people said to to Moses about God. Now you go near and hear all that the Lord our God shall say. Y'all got that? Now I've already told you, I'm going to drill it home again. They had the right to hear from God for themselves. Mark it down. Because God came with no preconditions that said the children of Israel couldn't hear from him. In fact, they did hear from him. In the Exodus account on chapter 20, remember, he spoke out of the fire at the top of the mountain. It was the people that says we can't stand this because the ground was trembling and there was smoke and thunder and all that stuff was just wrecking their physiology, their neurology, their whole whole being was saying we can't handle the thunder of God. Moses, you go talk to God, come back and tell us and and we'll do whatever God says. Y'all got that? Sound like a cool set of uh, concessions. But in reality, what I want you to know is that the people of Israel constantly told God, we don't want you. I want to keep going because I want you to see it. Here it is. Go thou near and hear what the Lord our God shall say. And speak thou unto us that the Lord our God shall speak to thee. And we will do what? We'll hear it. Faith comes by what? And then we will what? Do it. This is called the obedience of faith. Now notice what they just did. They made a conditional covenant with God. Stay with me. I'm I'm getting ready to go somewhere if you can keep up. Now, God didn't ask them to do that. They did that themselves. That's what religious folk do all the time when they get in trouble. God, I promise if you let me go, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll quit. I won't ever do it again. I'll go to church every day. I'll read my Bible. I'll pray. (laughs) Come on now. It's true, isn't it? I promise, oh God, I'm going to stop smoking that weed. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop, God. I promise, God, I'm going to stop committing adultery, all that. Now, all of a sudden, they're going to try to keep God's law. And God never said, that's the way you come to him. Listen to what goes on in verse 28. I love this. And the Lord heard the voice of your words. This is what Moses said, when, when, when I talk to God on your behalf. When you spake unto me and the Lord said unto me, ah, I've heard the voice of the words of this people, (laughs) which they have spoken unto you. They have well said that which they have spoken. Look at verse 29. Here it is. Oh, that there was such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always that it would be well with them and with their children forever. Deuteronomy chapter 30 lays it out. God said to Moses, when you die, as soon as you die, they're going back to Hori. See, so you can run up at the mouth in a moment of fright and fear and tell God what you're going to do. But God already knows your heart. So I'm laying out something for you because we're about to go to the New Testament. And I'm going to show you how the New Testament teaches another way of relating to God apart from a conditional covenant paradigm that you make with God. 
Because I'm absolutely sure anytime you tell God what you're going to do for God, God knows you won't do it. Point number two, the shining of his glory. Point number two, the shining of his glory. Let's talk about something absolutely beautiful. I'm going to try not to stay long on this point, though it is profoundly reflexive and deeply contemplative. Exodus 34, 29. We're in still chapter 34 where Moses has come with the law commandments. Has he not? He's come with the law commandments. So the, the law commandments are there. And the text tells us in chapter 34, God wrote on those commandments. He literally did. Go back to verse 25. Let me see if I can walk up. Look at Exodus 34. Yes, verse 27. Here it is. Are you there? And the Lord said unto Moses, write thou these words, for after the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with who? You, Moses. And then what? With Israel. He's saying, take the Ten Commandments, write down what I wrote, what I have told you prior. So if you were reading uh, Exodus 34, verse 10, all the way up to verse 27, God reiterated the Ten Commandments under two principles. No idolatry, no worshiping any other gods. And I am the one you are to celebrate in all the feasts of your days. So Moses wrote the Ten Commandments down again and God affirmed it here in this verse. Listen, and the Lord said to Moses, write these words after the what? Tenor, tone, character of the words I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. Notice he emphasizes Moses. This is why the Old Testament is called the covenant of who? Moses. This is why Jesus said Moses gave you the law because Moses is the mediator. Moses is God's man and Moses is the people's man. Moses is in a predicament, but God's going to keep Moses. Look at the next verse, verse 28. And he was there with the Lord for how many days? Yes, a long time in the presence of the fire. Long time in the presence of the glory. Long time in the presence of the shining. So long was he there that when he came down, the glory of God was on him. What a lesson about intimacy and devotion and fellowship and nearness and communion with God. See, what I'm about to teach you is that every one of us as children of God, we have that same shining. Every one of us has that shining. It's not possible to know Jesus and not yourself be a light of the world. Every one of us has that same flame, that same fire, that same presence. Is not Christ in us? Does he not sit on the throne of our heart? Didn't Jesus say you the light of the world? Didn't he teach us to never put it under a bushel? Oh, that's the problem. So every believer has the same shining. It's just whether or not you will let that light shine. See what I'm saying? And whether or not you have the kind of relationship with him that you draw near to him, that he may draw near to you, that your mouth may open up an accurate teaching and proclamation of who he is. Because a big part of our shining is what we say. Am I telling the truth? Right. You want to hide that bushel under a bed, that that light under a bushel or under a bed? Keep your mouth shut when it's time to tell people about Jesus. Now we got a problem, don't we? Now we have a problem with the relationship, don't we? 
Now listen to what it says. He was there 40 days, 40 nights. Neither did he eat, drink any water. And he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. There it is. That's the summation of what Moses did finally at the end of his time with God, at the end of his time with Jesus coming down, at the end of his time with Jesus revealing the character of the Father in terms of justice and mercy. Moses had a wonderful worship service for those 40 days, did he not? There was another man who spent 40 days with, Jesus, with God in the wilderness. What is his name? Jesus. And when he came up out of the wilderness, he had something to say to everybody, didn't he? Time to continue with this because I want you to capture this. Notice what our point says, the shining of his glory. And I'm already asserting to you that this concept of the glory of God relative to shining is yours and mine. We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe, worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510 510- 886-9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, growing in His grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. I don't care what they might say. We love Jesus anyway. I don't care what they might say. We love Jesus anyway. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.